Welcome to the Creation Grounds Podcast, where we break down the success, habits, and the life of people in creative fields, discover how they've gotten to where they are, what they aspire to be, and how you can live your dreams too. Let's get to the show. Hello. Hey, Julie. How you doing? Good. How are you? Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks for having me. So we first met a couple years ago yeah. at a meeting and that our manager had, and we bump into each other occasionally at auditions. The last right. one I remember was the CBS Diversity Showcase. That's right, yes. Yeah, and lately you've been working on a play in ATL, but before we go into that and what you're doing now, let's just explore how you've gotten there. Where are you from? I grew up in Long Beach, Long Island in New York. Um, if you're at Asking me ethnically where I'm from, my mother is Korean, um, which is where I was born, and my father is Dominican. Um, but predominantly, I was raised in New York, so consider myself an American. Okay, cool. So Korean Dominican—that's a mix that's very unique. How has that elevated your experience of life and informed your life and your work? Um. Well, I gotta say one thing that's interesting is that you know. Because I'm split down the middle 50-50, you know, I'm constantly being asked, like, what do I identify with? Am I Asian or am I Dominican? And I just, I find it interesting that society and, and even the industry as a whole has tried to bucket me into a category. And, like, honestly, I'm neither. I am a mix of the two. And, it, and sometimes I feel like that answer hasn't really satisfied people. But it's funny that people are always trying to bucket me into an identity. And it's just like... I am a person. Um, so how that's helped me in life, it's, you know, I, I kind of don't, I kind of find it interesting and, and I empathize with people who, who have a need to identify with their race because that is who their identity is. But um, I, I find it interesting that people have a hard time understanding that, you know, maybe sometimes your identity isn't just about your race. And I think that's helped me in life. You know, it's helped me be a bit more empathetic towards human beings um, and just see people differently. For sure. So is it is it kind of like a label thing? You don't like labels? You just like to be well, an individual? It's not that I don't like labels, but it's funny. It's like, you know, it's like the Asian side wants to, the people in the Asian community want me to identify as Asian, and I am. I'm half Asian, you know. Um, mm -hmm. and, and then the Latina side wants me to identify as a Latina, and I am. I am half Latina, but it's it's kind of, I don't know, it's funny. It's just it's not that I don't like labels. It's just hard to label when that's not an option to label, you know? Okay. <laughs> cool. So so has that mix influenced like any choice you've made in your career? Absolutely. I mean, again, because I'm, I'm constantly being asked to be, be forced into a bucket, you know, and it's hard because when I go on auditions for a role that specifically calls for an Asian woman, you know, I rarely – rarely ever book those auditions, mainly and predominantly because I don't look Asian enough for those roles, or I'm not Asian enough. And the same goes for, for the Latina side of me. It is very, very rare for me to go in and book a full-on Latina role because I'm not enough. So it kind of helped me step back and take a look at who I really am. And, you know, I, I tend to think that, like, the television industry isn't really up to par with where our society is and, and our perceptions of race quite yet. Um, so instead of me just sitting here and waiting for them to come around, because God knows when that's going to happen, mm -hmm. I've kind of just tried to look at it as, okay, 
maybe instead of looking at me as a, a race type, maybe we look at me, and I talked to our manager, Annette, about this, maybe we, we look at me as just a person, a personality type. And that's kind of what Annette and I did. We, we started focusing more on my personality, which is a more dominant type A, you know, woman, and those are the roles that we, we try to target. So any authoritative female roles, whether it be a doctor, a police officer, a lawyer, you know, anything, those are, that's how we target ourselves. So that's kind of been where our mind shift has been with, with our career path. Okay, so you have a lot of training. You've studied at Schreiber Studio. You have some experience with ward acting, UCB, Labyrinth Theater. So you have a lot of tools to pull from in your toolbox, and you seem very driven, and you stay hungry to grow. Where does that hunger stem from for you, and would you say that that hunger is something that you're just born with or that you can develop? Um, maybe it's something you're born with, but I also just think, you know, your life experience kind of helps. I wouldn't say develop, but definitely influence you and what your hunger and your drive is. I mean, it's hard to be really driven if you don't if you don't have this need or if you haven't been surrounded by the need. And you know, growing up in in a family that are first generation, you know, who came over here, we're working class, watching them work really hard and having having their obstacles get in the way, such as their language barrier, you know, their lack of education. It's certainly been a point of my family to to for me to to succeed and be something that they weren't. So that's an influence that I've gotten from them. Um, have I developed that? Maybe. Um, and am I hungry for it? Yeah, I guess so. And I think, I don't know if it's, a, if it's my training that has made me that way, but I just think, you know, there was a certain ambition that I've grown up with. Um, and maybe that's because I am second generation American, you know, here, and, and that's a mindset that we have. And I, I, it might be, I, I can't speak for those who aren't, but I just know from my own experience, it's something that, that has very much been pushed in my family. So something that okay. I inherited. Cool. So you, you started a, a comedy troupe, Tangia, Tangana, how <laughs> Am I saying it right? Tangana. <laughs> Tangana. Does that mean something? What does that mean? Uh, if you ask Edgar Rivera, who is the person who started the troupe and, and brought and brought us on, um, he, Tangana is something is is a word and that he defines as he's Puerto Rican and he he grew up in a very Puerto Rican family and um, <laughs> the way he describes it and when whenever anything happens <laughs> where something maybe just Wax you out of left field, you know. It's a tangana. That's what it is, like gotcha, or I, I don't know how to explain it. He he does it so well. It's really funny, but it just me like booyah. Here we are. Okay, something like bazinga or like exactly. Oh, and so, okay. um, so I met Edgar Rivera at the New Yorkian Poets Society. I went to a stand-up comedy show that he was doing there. A friend of mine had taken me, and um, I sat in the front, was dying laughing at his show. He, um, we started bantering back and forth in the middle of the show because he was picking on me a lot. And I, I guess he learned that I was uh, an actress throughout his bit. And um, after the show, we, we just got started talking. He goes, hey, I've been thinking about doing this, this sketch comedy group. I have one other guy. would love to have a female Latina representative in that. And he goes, and because the diversity of your background, it would work really well. And I said, hell yeah, let's do it. And we brought on one other girl to do it. And, um, you know, our whole our whole mission was just to be we performed every month at the New Year weekend for about a good two years. And we did brand new original sketches that we would brainstorm every month and develop. And um, 
and they were all Latino based, so culturally debased. Um, sometimes they weren't, but you know, we, we tried to make it a focus. Okay. And do you prefer comedy or do you prefer drama more? Uh, I mean, come on, comedy is fun, but it is hard. Comedy is fun. <laughs> but there, I love drama too. You know, I gotta say, everyone always asks me like, what do you see yourself as? It's like, I love dramedy because that's life, right? <laughs> I agree. I agree. Yep, for sure. Yeah. And again, it's being asked to 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 pick a side, and I like the blend. I always like the mix of the two. Okay, kind of like that, Bruce Lee. You know, take what you can. Like be be water, pretty much. Yeah. Be water. Do everything that you can. So you have a lot of experience. Your career. I mean, you have credits going back all the way to 2006. Mm-hmm. In all that time, what's the most funniest or most embarrassing audition story that you have? Oh God. Because we all we all have them. I definitely have some. For I was sure. asked this last this last week, and I, I decided to skip the question because um, I didn't want to relive all the embarrassing moments. I've had way too many embarrassing moments, but there's one that keeps popping up in my head, and I don't even know if it was that embarrassing, but it was just weird. It was funny, but um, I'd gone in for this audition. I think if it was for Louis C.K. and it was for the role of um uh, a mom in the street. Uh, or a woman in the street who sees a baby carriage, like, on the loose. I guess it's on the loose and rolling into the street. And so she's supposed to scream, like, at the top of her lungs. And I didn't know that they were going to want to scream because, of course, you just get there and you're given the size. And it didn't say screaming woman. Had I known it was a screaming woman, I would have said to my manager, no, I can't go in because I'm not a screamer. Like, I just can't. Right, right. No. And so, and I explained that to them. They're like, just do the best you can. So I'm like, okay. And they literally were like, ah, there's a baby. And they were both laughing at me. Like, they were so much tears coming. Like, they couldn't even control themselves. (laughs) me. And I I was like, okay, I know that was really bad. And I kind of just didn't say anything and just walked out. (laughs) And and you you booked the role? No. 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 I didn't. No. And I felt... like, looking back, I don't think the casting directors were trying to be mean. They just couldn't help it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah, it was one of those moments where I just, you know, didn't feel too good about it. Okay, so tell us about your run-in with Jennifer Tilly and that audition experience. Jennifer Tilly, you did a, a little bit from, is that Tangana? Yeah, Tangana. Um, so we, we had this idea because one of our, our troop members does an amazing ice tea impersonation. And we're like, dude, we have to do more with that. And we just, we started brainstorming and, and we wanted to do um, digital shorts. So to, to show between our shows, between our sketches. And um, so we said, hey, why don't we just like do kind of this idea of like all these celebrities on these, on these auditions that, of worlds that they never booked. So and that was easy because you just pulled the script from online, um, and so we all had to brainstorm like what character we could do. And I was like, hey, I'll give Jennifer Tilly a go, um, and that's just how it happened. It just honestly started. It wasn't anything that I was been working on. It was just something that we all brainstormed, and we were kind of like, yeah, Jennifer Tilly, why not? Because of course I'm trying to find people that I could do that people know that that I look like also. Um, so we just started. It was just nothing but being silly and that's all we did we recorded a bunch of stuff and we were just having so much fun laughing and i think that's what made it so great it's hilarious yeah it's very it's it's hilarious you guys listeners you guys should watch that if you get a chance so for uh auditioning what are your mindsets going in and coming out uh do you enjoy do you enjoy auditions um 
Not necessarily. I mean, come on, it's it's nerve wracking, and it's a hard mindset too because you know you're trying not to put so much emphasis on something, but you know at the same time, it's potentially a job that's going to bring in consistent money. So that's a big deal, you know,、right. um, especially for working actors who who don't have steady income. So it's it's a the the thing I try to do. I really, 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 really try not to give too. Give a fuck too much. Sorry for the speech, but you know I try not to care too much.、Um, but it's it's a struggle. It's still it's still something that I I work with, and I've often found that the ones that I go in and I, I don't care and I don't put too much emphasis on are the ones where I feel good about, and I almost don't care what the outcome is. And more often than not, are the ones that I usually book. Yeah, that's the best way to do it. Yeah, yeah. I don't do practice, and I cannot give advice. It's just something that you just got to keep reminding yourself. Okay. Yeah. Do you have Do you have any、uh, dream collaborations? Oh God. Directors or actors, writers. I want to work with everybody. <laughs> everybody. Okay. What's the first one that comes to mind for you? Lin Manuel. Let, yeah, that'd be dope. Did you watch the、uh, the Tonys the other night? Yeah. Come on. I mean, the guy、yeah. is just genius. I, anybody who can just inspire. Culture and life, and just you know, just really do something about changing the industry at a whole. I just think it's just really powerful, and those are the people that I'm inspired by and would want to work with. So success to you means like inspiring, inspiring people, or or things like that. Yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, you know, I consider myself. I don't know. I'm just drawn to the storytelling aspect, and just I remember watching my first. Um, Broadway show and just being really moved by the storytelling. It's like to the point where, you know, hysterically crying, like hyperventilating. I had to like walk outside, and I、wow. thought, gosh, if something can, I want to do that. I want to move people that way, and that's just something I, I don't know. To me, that that would be just to tell, give an honest portrayal of what humans are like, and and just really touching people and having them see that side of humanity. I think is a really powerful thing to do. What was that first Broadway show for you? It was Les Mis. Can you believe it? Wow, wow, Les Mis. Yeah, that would definitely have you in tears for yeah, sure. Our drama teacher took us, and I'd never seen a show, and I was just so overwhelmed by just the production, the amount of effort that that went into a storytelling, and I just thought, my God, like that is powerful. So we were just talking about the ups and downs, and maintaining that attitude of.、Um, Just, just being too hard on ourselves, and I've definitely been guilty of it. I'm sure a lot of people have been guilty of it.、Uh-huh. So, so for people that are biracial or mixed, searching for acceptance of themselves, or even find their place in the industry that they dream of doing, what piece of advice would you give to them?、Um, I mean, my piece of advice really would just be to don't even bucket yourself <laughs> into the the different types of races that you are. I mean, just look at yourself as who you are as a person. Because、um, I think that's what's really most important. At the end of the day, that's that's what we really are, and that's part of what storytelling is. We're not just displaying the surface value of what a human being is. We're we're displaying the depths of a human being.、Um, and I think it starts from looking at our own depths and just really just seeing ourselves as a human being. I mean, it sounds simpler than it is. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, it it makes sense though. I definitely definitely agree with that, and I understand it. Um, so tying into that, when you do accept yourself as a person,、um, I think there's a lot of benefit to that.、Um, what's exciting you about the industry right now? 
Um, I think what's exciting me most right now is just, you know, there there is a call for more diversity. I think the audience wants more diversity. They want to they want TV to reflect more of what their daily lives are, um, and that includes, you know, just a lot more prominence of different cultures, such as the Blacks, Latinos, Asian Americans, Muslims, Indian Americans, and everybody else in this world. Um, and to me, it's exciting that you know, people on television, shows like Orange is the New Black, um, and just many, many other wonderful shows or even plays out there that are just calling for that and bringing that out and bringing them up into lead roles. Um, I think it's important, and I think it's important for us as actors to respond to that as well and not just, you know, continue to play into the stereotypes, which we need to. I'm not, I'm not against that, but it's just exciting also to, to be able to see roles like that coming out. Yeah, something I always tell people when that kind of topic comes up of, you know, having black people playing the gangbangers or Latinos playing the bodega guys or whatever. It's like that's one aspect of our story, you know, that definitely exists. Yeah. It's not all we are, though. So I definitely, exactly. definitely and the understand problem, that. And the problem isn't playing those at all. I mean, it's a reality of, of life in, in a way. Right. But it, I guess what a lot of actors feel like, if that's the only thing that we get called in for, if I can only get called in for the nail salon lady or, you know, or anything else, it's, it becomes frustrating just as a whole as to, like, is this how people really see our race? <laughs> exactly. It's, and, you know, it's, so it's refreshing when we're able to play multiple characters. Like, we can play doctors. Yay. You know, we can play anybody. Um, and even now politicians. You can play the president. Wonderful. For sure. Uh, yeah. We, we we most certainly can. Exactly. We, we can do that. So it, yes, we can. And so opening that to us allows us to be more comfortable playing, you know, the stereotypical role. For sure. So that that goes into what you're doing now in Atlanta, right? You're playing kind of a Harvard-educated. Tell us a little bit about your play and the character that you're playing. So the play is called Smart People. It's written by playwright Lydia Diamond um, and being directed by David DeVries um, by Kenny Leon's True Colors Theater Company out here in Atlanta. Um, it just did a run off-Broadway with Kenny Leon, and they're bringing it here in Atlanta. It's, and it's a wonderful play. Um, it's a play about four Harvard-connected I would say, um, academics. Um, it's actually a romantic comedy. It's pretty funny. And it really is about the complexities of race and class in America and how each of the characters deal with that in their workplace um, and within the relationships that they live, that they're, they're developing with each other. Um, it's a beautiful play. It's um, playing at the Southwest Art Center out here in, in Georgia. And it's opening on July 12th and running through August 7th. And if anyone would like some more information about the show, they can always visit www.truecolorstheater.org for tickets. Awesome. And where can people reach you personally to see some of your work and some of the things you have going on? Uh, well, I have a website, uh, and that website is com. my full name, which Julie is L-J-U-L-E-E-C-E-R-D-A. So um, you can find me there, and you can connect with me, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the wonderful little social media places. You can find me there. Get on it, folks. Julie, thank you so much. You've been a pleasure. Thanks, Aaron. Um, and break legs. Thank you. It was wonderful talking to you. That's it for this episode of The Creation Ground. I'm your host, Aaron Lloyd. Be sure to check out our Instagram for future and previous guest info, and check out our YouTube channel in the show notes below. Email us with any suggestions at thecreationgrounds at gmail.com. And if you got something out of this, I'd really appreciate if you spread the word and the love. 
until next time, this is Aaron Lloyd telling you that the sky is the limit. Stay creative.